Continued interviews from Studio HFL are made possible through the support of Messina Covers, Eastman Music Company, Pickett Blackburn, S.E. Shires, and through the generosity of Patreon subscribers. Trumpet players can be kind of picky when it comes to cases, perhaps even more so than other brass instrumentalists. If you have an idea for a custom case, then Messina Covers has your solution for completely custom case designs, even down to crazy color schemes. Let's not forget about options for mouthpiece pouches, or pretty much anything you'd want to keep protected in a custom case. Check them out at MessinaCovers.net. If you're looking for excellence in trumpets, trombones, horns, and tubas, you need look no further than the Eastman Music Company and S.E. Shires. Eastman offers a complete line of brass instruments, from the beginner all the way up to the professional. And you know they're invested in creating a quality product when the legendary Doc Severinsen helped design Eastman's beginner trumpet model. You can find more information about the Eastman Music Company at EastmanWinds.com and you can learn more about the S.E. Shires line of instruments at SEShires.com. Pickett Blackburn has established themselves as a top-tier resource for trumpet players. If you haven't had a chance to try any mouthpieces available through Pickett, you can check them out online at PicketBlackburn.com. And on the Blackburn side of Pickett Blackburn, it would be worth your while to check out their incredible line of trumpets endorsed by such great musicians as Vince DiMartino. Be sure to check them out at PicketBlackburn.com, and that's Pickett with two T's. And before today's interview, just a reminder that you too can be a financial supporter for this podcast by subscribing at patreon.com slash studiohfl. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash studiohfl. There are four tiers of support, and you can choose the one that best fits your budget. Your support will help offset the cost of production for this podcast and would be greatly appreciated please consider becoming a subscriber at patreon.com slash studiohfl. And now, on to today's interview with your host, Larry Powell. Hey everybody, Larry Powell here. Today's interview is a special release, a bonus episode if you will, featuring a soldier musician, a friend of mine from years ago here in Indiana, who is now serving with Pershing Zone, the U.S. Army Band in Washington, D.C., and I thought what a better time to release this than on Veterans Day. So for all you vets out there, um, I salute you, uh, myself, an Air Force veteran. Um, glad to have served my country. And uh, without any further ado, here is EJ Ramos. There we go. Man, it's good to see you, Larry. It's been forever. Uh, I was just trying to think how many years it's been, uh, probably however long you've been in the Army. Yes, yeah, so I've been here, I just had my 12-year anniversary 12? Yeah. Oh my, oh my I know. I wow. just had my 12-year anniversary this past January, and so I went to basic training then, so it was that previous fall. So yeah, it's just been over 12 years. Crazy. Holy cow. I know. I, I, that's hard to believe. That gives us even more to talk about today. Right, I'm going to do an official welcome. Eric Ramos, EJ, uh, welcome to my podcast. Glad to have you here. Awesome. Glad to be here. I've seen you, it hasn't been 12 years since I've seen you. I've seen you a lot on Facebook, man. You are like filling all of your free time with these really great videos of you doing solos and duets and trios and quartets with yourself. And that's impressive. Uh, but you've been doing that long before the lockdown, right? Sure. I mean, you were doing, is it acapella? Is that what you're using for that? Right, acapella is the app that I use. 
that I have used exclusively for me because it's simple and easy and I don't want to spend a lot of time post editing and stuff like that. And if you want to try to knock out a video in an hour, it's very easy and simple to do that with that app. Yeah. But it was almost like I was preparing for this before, <laughs> you know, totally, where we, we've really gone to that now using acapella and even other forms of editing yeah. to do that. But it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And a lot of time now to probably spend on that. I don't know how busy you are these days. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. I know what you're doing. Why don't you tell me so everybody else knows who you sure. are and, and where you are and what you're doing? Sure. So I play uh, trumpet and bugle with the United States Army Band Pershing Zone. I've been here since 2008. It's been a wonderful and very gratifying position for me to serve my country in a very special, I'm actually getting the goosebumps just talking about it. (laughs) Serving my country in a very unique way through music as a soldier musician and a very cool, very special location here in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. And being that I've been in the ceremonial band for this past 12 years, we have our main mission is the Arlington National Cemetery where we do funerals. And it's pretty much five days a week. And this is I'm going to talk pre-pandemic now. We were very busy. The mission load is very heavy and very mm-hmm. uh, a lot going on. We're doing funerals five days a week where we have full honor funerals with a band a 30-piece band it could be, or just bugle missions where I'm going out to play taps without a band. Mm-hmm. And we're busy as a bugler, especially seven days a week, easily. On the weekends, we don't do funerals, but we're doing stuff at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, mm-hmm. which if you haven't visited the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, you need to get out here and see it. It's a wonderful memorial to those soldiers that have given the ultimate sacrifice. We have no idea who they are, but here we are honoring them in the best way that we can. And we're the only service, the U.S. Army Band, buglers, are the only buglers allowed to play at the Tomb of the Unknowns. So we play taps. I did not know that. It's super, it's amazing that I get to do that. It's probably my, one of my favorite jobs. It's, it's so important. And what the Tomb Guards do down there to prepare for that mission is perfection, everything. It, you, you need to get there and see what they're doing. Everything, their uniforms are all made by hand. They take a regular uniform and gut it, and everything is made to very specific specifications mm-hmm. because of what they're doing, because of the well, who they're playing for. Or, excuse me, I'm playing, but what their mission is for, they're guarding the unknowns. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a very awesome thing that, that I got to be a part of. Cr- crazily enough, so I'm actually about to transition over to the concert band. I have taken the concert band audition. So our, the army band elements are separate. It's probably one of the only service bands that we have separate elements. And it's probably one of the largest service bands. And given that we're the army, we have a large service and we have separate elements. The ceremony band is separate group from the concert band, from the blues, it's all separate personnel. Mm. And we hold auditions. If you like, for instance, if a ceremonial player wants to move over to the concert band, which is something I've always wanted to do. And I've taken that audition many times and was able finally to make it happen. Actually, it was almost over a year ago now, Memorial Day, just after Memorial Day weekend a year ago. I'll probably be transitioning over there within the next month or so. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting for my replacement. And given the current times, things have been super crazy and people going to basic training. So that's exciting for me to be able to do that, do something different, something I've always wanted to do. But my time with the ceremonial band has been very gratifying and I'll still get to do some of that from time to time 
And, and as a part of that, I got to be also be a member of the Herald Trumpets, which it comes from the ceremonial band. So the, the Herald Trumpets are members of the ceremonial band. It's an extra duty. It's not its own element. And we get to do some, I'm sure that I will never do any missions as very special as those that we've done. The, some of the recent ones that we did were a state funeral, excuse me, a state dinner we did for the prime minister of Australia. And that was a big to do where president Trump wanted to have it outdoors at the Rose garden. That was really, very cool. Mm -hmm. I got to participate in the Invictus games a few years ago. And I don't know if you're not familiar with that, but Prince Harry was big in starting this years ago where we have these Olympic games for wounded veterans. And so we got to participate in the opening closing ceremonies and ceremonial band did and the Herald Trumpets did with that, which was very neat. The visitation of the Pope to the White House, I think that was 2016. In fact, you could probably see it actually up here in the, it's in oh, my background. Yeah. 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 It's the background in my, on my Facebook page. It's the cover photo because gotcha. I was standing right next to the Pope and at the time, President Obama and the First Lady, wow. which was very special. So I've got to do a lot of very neat missions with, with the Herald Trumpets honoring our fallen, our veterans, a very unique mission that we have with the Army Band and, and special, doing lots of very important things. That's kind of an exclusive group and an exclusive assignment to be able to get into that. Or is that just, hey, you're going to go play? No, For I the Herald Trumpets? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not like that. It, <laughs> so so the Herald Trumpets specifically, the Herald Trumpets specifically? Yeah. yeah. So it's more of a seniority thing, actually. Oh. Obviously, there are certain players that are suited better for different parts because it's actually not just trumpets. There's actually mm -hmm. E flat, which play the high, the high parts. We have B flats. So there's uh, first E flats, and then there's three so first, second, and third B flat parts. And there's a tenor one, tenor two, which are usually played by the euphonium players mm -hmm. or trombone players. And then there's a bass tenor. Mm -hmm. which is usually played by our bass trombone players. Mm -hmm. One of them actually is a euphonium player. No, they're two bass trombone players. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely some people are more suited to play the high stuff on E-flat. You've probably heard some of those fanfares. I would not be want to be playing some of those parts. That's not my cup of tea, yeah. but the guys that do it right now, one of them has been doing it for, I think, 25 years. Mm -hmm. He Maybe even longer, actually. He He was that just type of player, and when he joined the unit, it happened to be where the E-flat player was retiring and he just moved right into there because he was suited for it. Mm -hmm. And the other current E-flat player has been doing it for about the last six or seven years or so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, again, with that, depends on who's retiring. When I moved up into there, the it was the second part that opened up mm -hmm. and I just slid over and it just worked out. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll definitely miss that because this is it now. I won't be able that'll I'll be done with that. I'm moving over to the concert band and I won't be doing that anymore because I'm right. going to be in the concert band. So we actually have some missions potentially coming up this July 4th that will probably be it for me, which would be nice mm -hmm. to at least do one more thing, one more thing with them. So I'm curious, when you mentioned doing funerals at Arlington, do you ever do funerals for other branches or are you guys exclusive to the Army? So all the service bands are pretty much located here, as you're probably well aware, Marine Band, the Air Force mm -hmm. Band, Navy Band, outside of the... Um, Coast Guard Band, which is in New London, Connecticut. So we're doing our own service, just Army, straight up Army. And it's mm -hmm. it keeps us plenty busy. I think just based on the size and, and the history of the Army and retirees that are, are passing and mm -hmm. some active duty, we're doing, on average, 
when it's not during the, I will say even now we're still doing funerals. It hasn't stopped at all. We have downgraded where we're only doing buglers. They're, the full band is stopped for right now for obvious reasons to keep everybody safe. But where we would do normal times four full honors a day, which would be a 30 piece band and anywhere from maybe six to eight, four to six to eight standard honor funerals, military honor funerals with just the bugler. So it's, yeah, it's, it keeps us busy. We're definitely the busiest out of all the service services mm-hmm. by far. I've, mm-hmm. Of course, we I have lots of friends in the Navy band, Air Force band, and they are not every day like we are not even close. And again, it's the largest service. So it makes sense. So I'm curious, Yari Villanueva, I wonder, had he retired before you? And I know he, I think he was Air Force, right? Correct. Did you ever meet him in person? Did you ever get to know him? We, yeah, we actually have a very close relationship because yeah. the, the, so we have a couple different trumpet ensembles that work and he has written for us actually recently mm-hmm. where we're doing stuff with the Pershing Zone trumpet ensemble. And we also have a trumpet ensemble that is made up of all the special bands and fleet bands. So we have West Point and the Fife and Drum and our band and the field band. We have this kind of cool group, but we're, we were, we're touring. Actually, we were supposed to play at ITG this year, oh, which oh man. obviously, yeah, yeah, it got canceled. That sucks, um, right? un- Unfortunately, it was super bummer. But we have we look forward to things in the future, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's been a wonderful opportunity for us to work with Yari. Mm-hmm. He has arranged quite a few things for us. Unaccompanied taps, or excuse me, accompanied taps. Mm-hmm. He's done the Band of Brothers series kind of theme oh, wow. song for yeah. us, which is very nice. Some other fun stuff too. I'm trying to think, take me out to the ball game. We're you know trying to get into mm-hmm. some of the MLB stuff if they start opening up. Hopefully, being hopeful that things get back to normal. But yeah, yeah, Yari, and we also have some of the funeral band arrangements in the books that we play out of a ceremonial mm-hmm. band. There's some arrangements that we've used from him as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, we know him pretty well. Yeah, he's, I've never met him. Of course, I follow him on Facebook. Sure. And I think one of the big things I really appreciate about him is he wants to get the true story about taps out there, right. take all the myths away, demystify right. it. And and, right. and I appreciate that. And I remember he posted like he had played taps like over 10,000 times. I'm thinking, yeah. But then <laughs> when you talk about the number of funerals you do per day, that's entirely possible over a career, it, right, it, to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially... Now, right now, the, the cemetery is closed to the public, but so there are no public wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns. But mm-hmm. during, like right now, it would be busy season. Spring, class mm-hmm. trips are coming, people are laying wreaths. We would do from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. two wreaths every hour on the hour, except 2 and 5 p.m. Right. So we're doing 16 wreaths, sometimes more a day. Not We split that day up between two buglers. So there's a lot. Yeah, absolutely, it's possible. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on. And when you say bugler, are you using a bugle? Or are you playing on B flat? Yes, we are using a bugle, and I don't have it here with me. It would be cool if I could show it to you. We actually had in the '60s, Bach made us Stradivarius bugles. Yep. We had them gold plated. There was the first set that came out, and then we ordered another set, and they are—they have been through the ringer. They're pretty <laughs> getting pretty old. And I think we've asked them, I feel like every five or six years, we've mm-hmm. tried to get them to make us more, but they won't. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not something that would be a I business smart. Yeah, business smart. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many. Mm-hmm. But so we do have those Bach bugles. We have some Stombi bugles. Mm-hmm. And last year we had Monette make us 
three Monat bugles that are they the, the heavy, heavy versions? Yeah, it's I, like I'm, the I think the lightest one that they would they made for us. I don't get to use one, but our so we have what we call a special bugler. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, the premier bugler. <laughs> He's very touchy about his title. Okay. Um, sorry. Todd, if you're out there listening to this. Um, <laughs> well, you just identified him too, so that's great. <laughs> it's okay. It's public knowledge. The Premier Bugler. Mm-hmm. And he, the, our current Premier Bugler has been, oh, geez, it's been maybe four years now, three or four years. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they, they went out and did a lot of some testing out with Monet, and they had three Monet Bugles made. I think that he's been using that. But So Premier Bugler will play taps for at the Tomb of the Unknowns, for instance, when we do, when the president will come to lay a wreath for the July 4th, Memorial Day, there'll be a full band to play the U.S. Anthem and then the special bugler and a drummer. Mm-hmm. And the drummer will do four muffled ruffles and then they'll play taps. He's got, he's under that sort of high pressure in front of a huge crowd in right. various situations. And right. you've probably seen some of the PBS concerts that we do at mm-hmm. the Capitol for Memorial Day and for 4th of July, Capitol 4th. And they'll take turns for, they just for Memorial Day will have some, they'll change service members each year or service services, excuse me. And they'll put them up on a cherry picker way high up in the air. You, you can't see it obviously in the camera, but with the Capitol in the background, which is pretty neat. And, and Todd was always very afraid of heights. Oh, no. So when it came around to be him, he was freaking out a little bit, but he did great. He sounded, he sounded amazing. Yeah. Like he usually, he usually yeah. does. We actually had a Memorial Day service. There were a lot of services usually every year, but there was one that I play here in Indiana. They actually had held a service. I went and played taps. And of everything that I play, that I think is the one, the most solemn, the one that I care. I, I sh- maybe I shouldn't say this. It's the one I care the most about because it's not about me. You're playing for, yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time even saying it right now because I played taps at my own dad's funeral. Sure. And again, it was a way to respect and honor what he had done for the military, for the country. And I look at that as you're there to really, well, I'm going to have to edit part of this out while you're there, right? You know why you're playing, some people say 18, 21, whatever many notes, and you try to play it in a really beautiful way. It's already got meaning. Those notes already make people react. The so, most recognizable tune. It, yeah. Uh, anybody recognize it it's gotten to the point for me where early on it was so important to me that i have to i close my eyes i can't look at anything because i don't want to be distracted at all Mm -hmm. because of how important that moment is and how they will remember that Mm -hmm. um forever it's and i i I could had to just completely let all the distractions go so I can't tell you how many pictures of me there are in the cemetery with my eyes closed because yeah. I just I wanted to make sure it was as well as I could do it for all the right reasons. Hey, let's go back to the Herald Trumpets for a second. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm not going to bring up the time that you and I played Herald Trumpets wearing tights <laughs> and capes. I won't bring that up at all. Don't worry about that. By the way, I found that picture not long oh ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, you can't see the tights, but you can see <laughs> the hat and everything else we were doing. So, Some of these Herald Trumpets, they're not the greatest. Sure. And I've got some Heralds that I'm trying to sell right now. So a couple of weeks ago on Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, somebody commented, I'll give you 100 bucks," <laughs> And I'm like, thank you, but no. And he's, but they play like crap. 
<laughs> and I said, thank you. You must be out of your mind. They play like crap. And I said, thank you very much. And I posted this on Facebook and people were like, what I learned is sometimes it's not the horn, it's the player. <laughs> and you can make any horn sound good. But what, I, sure. what I'm getting at is you guys aren't playing on just any herald trumpets. You're playing on probably some high end. What's the British? Are they the British horns? Well, we're actually playing on Canstles. So let's see. I think it was right before I got to the band. So I got here in 2008 and not too long before then, they, they had just got those set of Canstles. Mm -hmm. Before then, they were using boozy horns, which were apparently just atrocious mm -hmm. to play, mm -hmm. just awful. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think it was a mixed set. I don't. It was like some boozy and some something else. Mm -hmm. And they had Jack Cancel. They did a set from top to bottom, and they're much improved from what they had been playing. Mm -hmm. Now, are they? Is there such thing as like the perfect Herald trumpet? I don't know about that, but certainly these are. Yeah, but here's Probably what I'm. Some of the here's what I'm but here's what I'm getting at. When you hear the herald trumpets play, it's spectacular. Sure. So sure. what my point is this: Thanks. even though the horn might be crappy, you've got good musicians on the other end of that, and it's it is it's really impressive. So Canstel's out of business, right? So if you guys going to replace yeah. this, that's going to be an interesting. I saw that. That's going to be crazy. We've had these now for. It's been. 15 years, I would imagine that they've had these horns, so they're still doing okay. But I would imagine that sometime soon we're going to have to be thinking about doing something else or yeah. getting some sort of replacements. What rank are you right now? I am a sergeant first class, an E7. E7. And are you up for promotion anytime soon? There's a promotion board actually about to drop this August, and yeah. people this week right now are frantically trying to get their materials <laughs> have you had enough, in. Have you had enough time in service and grade to apply for that? I am eligible. Yeah. Um, I think I was eligible last year, but I just put in a declaration statement. So I'll, I'll put my name in the hat. Yeah. No harm, no foul. We'll see what yeah. happens. But there, I'm you not know really what I've, what I'm, anything, but. What I remember is there has to be a slot, right? There has to be an opening. Correct. For a lot of things, but. Uh, Correct. Yeah. There are, and there are many. We've had quite a few retirees this past year and we actually delayed the promotion board because of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So there are actually, I think, maybe even a couple more openings than there would have been. Mm -hmm. It actually would have happened already. It usually is in May. Mm -hmm. So we'll so see. When you joined the band, they already, is it E4 or E5? You're automatically... So if you're, when I went to basic training, if you have a college degree, which most of us do, mm -hmm. you get to go in as an E4 specialist. And then after two months of service, after I report, here to the band after two months here and in, in dc then you get promoted to a staff sergeant e6 mm -hmm. which is a, a unique situation that we have here given that we're hired and qualified before we join the army and the yeah. unique special situation that yeah. my oldest son uh, is 31 now and an e6 in the army national guard here in indiana awesome uh, eight years when he started from yeah, and that's fast. Yeah, that's, that's crazy fast. fast. It's incredibly and, fast. And he's looking at, at going to OCS awesome. uh, sometime in the next year. Of course, COVID is going to dictate when those schools happen. But uh, Sure. Uh, yeah, we have people going to basic training. We had some. We had an audition in February right before everything shut down. We hired a couple of people, and one of those winners is going to basic training next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't even think news. about basic and all the tech schools during all this. 
but I, life's got to go on. I'm sure right. you're still doing something there. So. Right. Well, can you, did you ever imagine you didn't be in for 12? I never imagined I'd be in the service period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Talk about that. How'd that come around? So I did my undergrad at Valparaiso University and I went there to be an engineer. I never had any intentions of majoring in music. I don't know if you've been, we've ever even talked about this. No, I had no idea. Yeah. I was an electrical engineer. They had, I went to Valpo because they had a band program mm -hmm. and I wanted to play for fun. Mm -hmm. And after about a year and a half, it just didn't seem right. <laughs> it didn't, it, I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was mm -hmm. a lot of hard work. I, I had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, I was building things and programming things and, and it was a great school, but it just didn't, it, what didn't feel, it wasn't where my heart was. It wasn't, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. like I'm getting choked up even thinking about it because it, you know, it was like a part of my being, a part of my soul. And so <laughs> I remember telling my mom, I said, actually, let me back up. My trumpet teacher there, like, he loves telling the story and I, I still don't remember this, but I was playing at Shirley Etude. And I put my horn down in the middle of the lesson. I said, this sucks. He said, Exc excuse me. <laughs> he said, and I said, I need to be doing what I love. I, I, I can't be an engineer. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And it was an interesting conversation with my mom and I knew my dad was going to be a hard sell <laughs> <laughs> because he, he came from, he came from a tough background where he was working very hard as a mechanic and as a machinist and mm -hmm. he went back to get his degree and uh, he wanted something better for me. It was hard. But my mom said, you know, she said, don't worry about him. I'll talk to him. <laughs> and then I, I did a BA in music because I didn't really have time to do a performance degree or a ed degree at that point. And then I went to, to IU to do my master's and everything just kind of went from there. And being the incredibly dedicated and hardworking person that I am. And that absolutely comes from my father. I was um, bound and determined to make it work and work harder than everybody else to do whatever I needed to do to make it happen. And I think I did it. Well, <laughs> I think I, I did it. <laughs> I, I think you did. I mean, that's, and not just the doctorate, right? It's, you've got a pretty spectacular career going right now. This is, is not something anybody can do. Yeah, I'm loving life. This yeah. has just been a, it's a dream. I have to pinch myself and remind myself constantly that yeah. what I'm doing is so wonderful and I get to do what I love and have a great time doing it. It's It's been really neat making music with my colleagues and a lot of other very amazing musicians in our unit. Even in the area, this area has got so much, so much wonderful quality of musicians and it's been quite a treat. I can agree and I can identify with that. When I was in the Air Force, I was stationed at the Pentagon and living in Arlington for a short time and then Alexandria. And I was playing in a lot of community groups back then. Inevitably, there would be somebody from one of the service bands coming in sure. and sitting in with us. And oh my gosh, <laughs> these were beasts of players from the Army Blues and from from just about anywhere and sitting to those guys sitting next to those people you it raises your game because you're like oh that's what that's supposed to sound like and Absolutely. man it, it was terrific there were so many opportunities to play that i and i'm talking late 80s early 90s even then there were opportunities to play and to interact with those service 
the service members. Okay, so I want to go back. You zoomed through how you got to the Army band, Valpo, and then IU for your master's. And then did you go straight in for your doctorate, or did you have some time off there? I did one semester at IU. And I took the Army band audition twice. I took it at the end of my master's degree, that last semester that I had. And then I took it again that fall, mm -hmm. which was my first semester of my doctorate at IU. It was a great learning experience. That first audition, or I guess it wasn't my first audition, but the first time with the army band playing some music that I had played before, but the, we tend to use a lot of orchestral excerpts in our first round, you know, a red light, blinking notes. Hey, everybody listening. It, most people probably know that, or maybe they don't, but usually the first round of our auditions are orchestral excerpts because we know that's what people are practicing that are studying at a master's level or doctoral level and mm -hmm. we know it's what they're going to sound good and we want to hear what what they sound like playing those things mm -hmm. and I, I learned to be prepared for what's not on the page and be prepared tempo wise and i fixed a couple things and tweaked a couple things and came back guns blazing ready to go and mm -hmm. just knocked it out of the park who that were you studying with at the time? Was it Joey or John or Ed? I uh, was studying Ed, Ed Cord, mm -hmm. Mr. Cord. And we had some wonderful lessons and everything was always musically directed. And I think that was a big selling point for me and a big enabler for me through my auditions is really focusing on that and not what's going on around me and really just laser focused on what's happening in the moment. So was um, it Ed even through the Masters, or was it? Yep, yep. I okay. so Ed the whole time I was at IU. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. You know he yep. retired last year, right? Yes, yes. I I got to send him a video. Just, I wish I could have gotten out there. It's pretty lucrative. Some this is back when we were working a lot, but mm -hmm. there's it's super crazy out here. I really want to get out to visit at some point. Would love to get out and mm -hmm. see Bloomington again. It's been a while. I miss I must. What is the wing place? Buffaloes. Oh, never been oh, there. Oh, man, you got to go there. I miss Buffalo's. <laughs> oh, their barbecue sauce is unbelievable. It's so good. Wow. I miss Buffalo's. Wow. Maybe I'll have to put a, a link, you know, uh, yeah, in, the, in the show notes for that one. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's so, so good. Yeah, we we played together a handful of times, regional orchestras. And uh, did you do recording sessions here, too? Were you doing any of the Hal Leonard stuff? I didn't really. No, nope, I never really got into any of that. I know we were doing a little quintet stuff right before I left. And then I got this job. And so that sadly yeah. ended pretty abruptly. <laughs> I guess the thing is so many of my friends have gone on to service bands. Mark didn't. Mark's at Auburn, of course. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. We've actually, the Herald Trumpets visited Mark at Auburn. Oh, no kidding. We played there a couple years ago. We put together a little tour and, and played with for their halftime show. It was a, a really nice. It was for, actually it was for their military appreciation game. It was super cool. Gotcha. Yeah, it was very so, neat. Were you guys concurrent in school? Were you going through it exactly the same time? Yeah, he was a doctoral student when I was a master's student, but we were there together mm -hmm. for at least a year. Yeah. So where did you finish your doctorate? So I got here and felt a little bit obligated to finish it. And Catholic University was a avenue that a lot of people have used, a lot of colleagues have used, a lot of military musicians have used. Mm -hmm. And it just worked out wonderfully that I was able to go there and my schedule allowed, I could be flexible. Catholic was pretty, there was a lot of things at night, so it didn't really interfere with anything going on here or during my work day. And I was, before I had our first 
my son, our first child, I was mm -hmm. just trying to get it done before then. I was even doing classes right up until I think that when he was born, but mm -hmm. it worked out perfectly. It took me, I did it part time. It took me, I think, four years to finish it, wow. if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. but it was great. It was a, a nice little program. There's a lot of military musicians that are playing there with the orchestra, so mm -hmm. it was a pretty good group. The string program was up and coming, and it was fun to get to play downtown. We're in D.C. The, the Basilica is right there next to Catholic. Mm -hmm. Very large, you know, beautiful Catholic church, so we got to play there for the mm -hmm. Christmas concert, which is always a lot of fun. Some other churches in the area, downtown, which is mm -hmm. very historical and pretty neat yeah i'm thinking with this doctorate let's say you hit 20 years or i don't know if you're considering going 25 or 30 but you could teach right you've got that you hit then you've got your retirement and you can have a second career because you're still young right you're what maybe what 42 not yet oh, i was close am i close <laughs> i'm 38 oh my gosh oh, geez. <laughs> well i suck at math you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what my dad did 24 years in the air force. And then he had two other careers after. And it's funny. That was one of the first things my high school band director, when I won the job, he was like, how old are you? And I was, I was 25 when I won the job. And he was like, when you're 45, you could retire and be, do something else. And which I, of course, at that point, didn't really think about it a whole lot, but mm -hmm. yeah, that would be amazing. I would love to teach collegiately that would be awesome you know that's why i was driven to to finish my doctorate and have that option whatever presented itself mm -hmm. um, and at the same token i'm here doing something that's pretty amazing that i love i'm definitely not tired of it yet i'm not starting over starting fresh but i'm moving into a little bit of a different chapter now i'm playing with a different element mm -hmm. in the group in the unit and doing some different things that i'm very excited to get into and do and so I, yeah, I don't know. It's an open book. We'll see. We'll see where life takes me. But yeah. you know, for right now, I'm very happy with what uh, what's going on here. We have three kids now. My what youngest. Is, yeah, I was just so going to ask ages. Yeah, so my youngest is. We just had a baby in January. She's Daphne is. Thank you, Daphne is five months. <laughs> All right, we got our girl because I have two older boys. Weston is five, and he'll be going to kindergarten next year. And mm. William is seven. He just finished second grade, so he's going to be a third grader next year. Super crazy. That's and, awesome. You know, we love it out here. It's great. Mm -hmm. We love our – it's crazy because all my family is still back in the Midwest. My mom is still in northwest Indiana. My wife, actually, her parents are in the suburbs of Chicago, little yeah. Burr Ridge, Burr Ridge, small town in the southwest suburb. Mm -hmm. So we're whenever we go home, we're all right there. Everybody's still out that way. I would love to – to get back that way at some point and of course we miss everybody and we have my we have uh my kids there's lots of cousins she has two my wife has two brothers so whenever we get together as a family it's super crazy and this whole COVID-19 thing's been terrible because oh, right. we haven't seen it we haven't been home this will be the longest run that we haven't been home for almost a year because yeah. my wife was pregnant we weren't going to travel towards the end of the pregnancy and now we've had the baby so now we'll you know stay home right now for obvious reasons, but mm -hmm. look forward to getting back to the Midwest and seeing everybody real. I was going to ask if you had time to, aside from your military duties, to go out and play, but now if you've got a family, yeah, that may answer my question. Yeah, before this, yeah, I was doing some things here and there. I There are some local, really great local regional orchestras that mm -hmm. a lot of people will play in. One of my best friends plays in Annapolis, just up the way, mm -hmm. which is a, a lo lovely little orchestra. A lot of military guys, actually, and gals mm -hmm. play over there. 
I'm curious too about the musical satisfaction. If you're doing the same thing day in, day out, day in, what do you do to to keep that fresh? Other than your maybe it's the stuff I see on YouTube. Right? Yeah, it, it, sure. It's definitely a lot of that. And I, for, when I first got here, I didn't. We didn't have kids yet, and I was doing exactly. You mentioned it earlier. I was playing in a local group, a local concert band. Mm-hmm. that we met like once a week and we would do concerts and maybe monthly or something like that. And that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. to, to keep, to keep me interested, do, do some fun repertoire, the transcriptions and concert band mm-hmm. stuff. And that was a blast. And that kind of evolved obviously is we started to have kids and I'm doing maybe a little bit less than that or some of the stuff here. Now we're doing lots of virtual duets and quartets or stuff, or whatever. And every year it rolls around to Christmas time. I've been lucky to play uh, with the blues, I play mellophone for the Stan Kenton oh, Christmas that's right. every year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's been a blast, and I really enjoyed that because I love Christmas. I love it's. This is so funny. My kids are the same way. My five-year-old for the past months, we've been all stuck at home. He's been singing Christmas tunes just randomly. He'll start like <laughs> whistling or humming. It's so funny. It's so that's funny. Awesome. And are you are you singing Christmas? What are you singing? Yeah, yeah it's a great song dad like mm-hmm. well, that's been awesome i get to do that and whenever that rolls around i gotta get used to playing melophone again which is <laughs> hilarious and people think it's so funny when i post those videos uh but yeah it's a quirky instrument yeah you remember those original recordings of him using those and that it was it, not the prettiest sound right and intonation right. was optional right. you know i mean yeah and they weren't even playing melophones it was like the melophonium which is like oh that's right, right. the precursor of the melophone which is right just notorious and you're right it didn't sound great but um, yeah, but the energy in those yeah. in that band was incredible. Absolutely, so, and it, it didn't matter. Yeah. It's like a lot of drum corps early on. The energy outweighed the the lack of intonation. But did that happen this past Christmas? Did you do that again? Yes, yes, we did. I've been doing it for maybe two or three years now. Mm-hmm. We actually went to we were we went to Midwest Clinic about three years ago. I I want to say and mm-hmm. did the whole Stan Kenton book for a Friday night performance for the clinic. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Great. I had no idea what, because I know the, the big concert night there is, I think, Wednesday night for whoever the military band or whoever concert band is playing. And mm-hmm. so I wasn't sure if we would draw a crowd on the Friday night, one of the last days, and man, it was mm-hmm. packed. It was a blast. And playing with the blues, that is n- not my cup of tea, but the those those players are just unbelievable. We've got some new young blood in there, and even before then, but they're just mm-hmm. smoking, unbelievable, knocking out of the park. Is it's it, just uh, Liesel? Was that was she playing in that group? She was. She's actually in the field band now. Oh, okay. She plays lead. She's playing lead over in the field band. Yep. Right now, Ken McGee is playing lead. Mark Wood is over there as well. Mm-hmm. Graham Breedlove. Kenny Rittenhouse and one of our newest youngest guys, Josh Kaufman, who is a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You got to follow him on Instagram and Facebook, man. He is, I can't say enough good things about him and everybody knows it. He's Mm -hmm. just, and he's a cool, he's the sweetest guy you ever want to talk to. Yeah. But he's just a, he's a monster. You know, came from North Texas, of course, and he's a phenomenal player. Yeah. That's got to be satisfying too, working with, such high quality musicians uh, back in the day anybody could get into the band but now it's gotten so competitive right it's you have to have a doctorate you have to be you know absolutely at the top of of your game 
So that's got to feel pretty good. I know there's still attitudes, right? You still got some sure. difficult people, and I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus. But. No, well, that's be playing with your colleagues. These that are they're just amazing. Absolutely, you're you feel mm-hmm. the pressure. I feel the pressure at times, mm-hmm. depending on the situation. And that was actually one of the biggest hurdles I had personally had with was taking all of these auditions to move into the concert band was playing for my peers. It was oh. awful. <laughs> it was <laughs> awful. And where when I won the job, I didn't know anybody, so I didn't care. I don't know who you are. Oh. So I'm here, I'm showing up not knowing anybody and this is, I'm putting this on the page because this is how this goes and I'm going to play this with all the confidence in the world. But it's this weird twist where you're playing, even behind a curtain, it doesn't matter because it was behind a curtain. Mm-hmm. You're playing for your peers and moves on that other side of that curtain because everybody in the unit and you want to play your best and they want you to play your best too. But it's still putting that pressure on myself was... A, ba- a little bit of a battle for a little while for me yeah. personally. It was tricky. Hey, prior to your taking these the service bands audition, had you done a bunch of orchestra auditions? Were you were you trying to go that route? I took the my last year at Valpo. I took the Coast Guard band audition, and then right before. So I took the Army Band audition in that spring. And then that next fall, there was the Northwest Indiana Symphony had an opening. And that's where I'm from. I'm like right down Stone's Throw Away. I took the principal trumpet audition they had for there. And I advanced. And I was in the finals. And that was actually a wonderful lead-in for me to that next Army Band mm-hmm. audition that I ended up winning. I think it gave me a little bit of confidence boost a little bit of a snowball effect, just really getting everything working. And, and it was a good experience. The, they ended up hiring uh, Rick Kurgan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he, he plays there anymore, but yeah. which I have a, a very, such a funny connection with because he was a chord student mm-hmm. and his dad was a trombone player who played in the community band at Belpo. So I mm-hmm. knew his dad, I knew his dad. It was just uh, so funny how that worked, but he was a wonderful player, obviously, and very deserving. And so that was, but that was a wonderful stepping stone for me to roll into that next Army Band edition. So that was really about it. Between that and playing with Owensboro during my time at IU, I don't think I had a whole lot of many more auditions on top of that, besides setting in stuff for summer, yeah. summer things and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. I don't like to hear that somebody can only have a few auditions and then be as successful. You're supposed to suffer. You're supposed to do 40 <laughs> auditions before you win anything. I'm thinking if you can remember back to preparing for that Coast Guard audition and compare how you just prepared and won this concert band audition, you're a totally different person, right? Yes. Yeah, I was so young. I was young. I didn't know half the repertoire back then. I was inexperienced. I was just a unseasoned, non-matured musician, trumpet player, all those things, which I just needed time mm-hmm. to hone a lot of those, you know, basic skills, learning the repertoire, working on all those things that we need to be working on. Going to trumpet jail, Vinny DiMartino likes to say. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard him say that before. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 my favorite thing I've always taken away from him, going to trumpet jail doing those things that we know we need to do that maybe aren't the fun, most fun, but. And once again, 
not an episode or interview goes by that Vinny is not mad. <laughs> is it, that really it, for real? It, it's, I kid you not, it is the most unreal thing. It is, it's, and Vinny and I are, are he was my first teacher, and, and we're still, I won't say we're close, but we still text back and forth, and uh, he's great in every regard. But it, And I've told him, I told him, I said, Vinny, your name comes up in every interview. So It was, that was one of the wonderful things from IU where Ed Cord went on a sabbatical. I think the second semester I was there and I was super bummed. I just got there. Mm -hmm. He's going to be gone, but I got to take lessons with some wonderful teachers with Mm -hmm. Tony Plogue, with Vinny DiMartino, with Steve Burns, Mm -hmm. with Rafi Glazer from, who is a good friend of Ed's from the, I'm trying to remember what symphony he came from overseas, but it was amazing. And then I feel like the next year, Rommel went on sabbatical. So they all came back again. So here I am seeing these people again in master class every one night. It was wonderful, especially mm-hmm. Steve Burns. Man, did he kick my butt. He kicked everybody's butt. It's just his personality. Right. Everybody needs a little Steve Burns in their life. I personally, no frills, no beating around the bush. And I, I truly think everyone needs a little bit of that. You can't be nice about it. Either you're going to do it right or you're not going to do it at all. And, and there are definitely more ways, one way to get to the right way, but mm-hmm. you need to know when you're not doing it right. But still, with Joey and John uh, already there, that's always been a powerhouse school. Yeah. Yep. Great players, and they're great guys, too. I so, really thought uh, yeah. you had studied with Joey because of his time with the Army Band. Right? I oh. thought maybe he was the one who had pushed you to go. Sure go and do that but it was just an eye but that was the other thing too we had those master classes on monday nights where i got to be involved with those other teachers as well Mm -hmm. so it was a wonderful learning environment for me it was great it was awesome man this is this has been fun catching up and well not just catching up but learning a whole lot of new stuff (laughs) about you hey I, i am curious we haven't talked about where you started and who you were listening to and all that sort of thing but sure uh, we may have to come back to that Sure. Do a, a second round sure uh, at some point but now i appreciate your time today this has been a lot of fun to to chat in another episode where i don't have to put an explicit rating on anything so <laughs> that's good that's good um, okay i used to ask everybody what's the hfl stand for in studio hfl and i'm so i'm asking you what is it what's the hfl stand for it's funny because I was just on your website like yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So it's changed, but still higher, faster, louder is how I started. Uh. Right? <laughs> but now it's here from legends. I'm considering you a legend. Smart. Oh yeah. man. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, I appreciate that. And I, all the best. I just love to chat and it's great to catch up and enjoyed it very much. If the concert band ever comes through, I'll be sure to come and, and listen to you guys. And, and Awesome. Uh, cheer you on so awesome, good luck awesome, with the family awesome. glad to yeah hear things are going well there and uh, i'll let you know when this comes out and cool. follow all the protocols that they've asked for and make sure yeah and that's easy they're not asking for anything uh, out of the way yeah so, cool. yeah all right awesome man, thank you so much good to see you thanks again. larry you take too care. you too yeah, you ta- take care of yourself all right see you bye-bye bye thank you everyone for listening today tune in next week for another great interview And one last reminder that you can help support this podcast by becoming a subscriber at patreon.com slash studio HFL. 
your support would be most appreciated. And another special thanks to Messina Covers, the Eastman Music Company, and Pickett Blackburn for their support of this podcast. Thanks again. Now, go practice. <laughs>